It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder waving Jamichael Green what that means for the Thunder this upcoming season, where the roster stands now after that move, why they decided to waive Michael Green, and give you our first roster projection of the year, who stays, who goes, and what can that rotation look like with the roster we've assembled. All this and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LOThunderpod at gmail.com. Today, we are diving into our first roster projection of the 2022-23 NBA season. Uh, we have cap numbers for next year as well. And the Thunder waving Jamichael Green to kick off these roster transactions Why'd they wave them? And who's on the chopping block next? Plus some much-needed Mitchich news regarding this offseason. Kind of put a bow on the offseason before we head into a bit of a dry spell of NBA news leading up until late September. So it appears the offseason is over. Thank you for listening to Locked on Thunder, making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. And, of course, I'm your host, Ryland Styles. Media member and editor in chief over at thunderousintentions.com. The offseason appears to be over transactionally, which means we shift into previews and projections. So the Thunder have the maximum amount of players you can carry in the offseason. They have 20 players on their roster leading into training camp. Now, you have to get that number down to 15 standard deals, 17 including the two ways. Uh, but you don't really have to do that, of course, until right before the season starts. However, they did make one move this early. So, of course, going back a couple of weeks, they released Isaiah Roby. Now they've released Jermichael Green. This is not a shock because Sam Presti said at the introductory press conference for the rookies uh, in his scrum after the big presser that you watched online, he said that the Thunder were working with Green's agent to find a way out of this situation uh, before October. Was never going to play for a game for OKC. That never happened. And, of course... He was waived. Now, that means his $8.2 million deal will probably come down a little bit. Like, he'll probably, you know, on the buyout, he probably gave some money back, but I wouldn't expect too much money back. And that should all be paid this year. There would be no reason to stretch that money across next year. That should all get off the books this year. That would mean that all of OKC's dead money will expire into the 2023 offseason. So so whenever you get to 2023 offseason, the Thunder will no longer have Kimball Walker's $27.4 million on the books. 
They'll no longer have Jamichael Green's $8.2 million on the books, and they'll no longer have Kyle Singler's $1 million on the book. Uh, so that is where you start to get some cap flexibility into next year, even after extending Lou Dor, after extending Kenny Hustle, and of course, having SGA on that max contract. Now, so with this news that Jamichael Green will get bought out, it was of course announced that his destination will be the Golden State Warriors. And so this spun a couple of questions. Number one, could OKC not have just traded Jermichael Green? No. If you ever ask that question to yourself, the first thing you should think is, if Sam Presti could have traded him, gotten off the books, and netted something back, he would have. So if he didn't, there was no option out there. It's not as though he turned down a trade offer. But here's the reason behind it. Here's the context behind it. Take a team like Boston who could use, you know, some, you know, inter-rotation help, obviously. They're trying to win a championship. They're trying to bolster the roster the best they can. And, most importantly, that a large TPE, which is a trade player exception, which Jermichael Green's $8.2 million could have just gone simply, you know, could have gone right into until that TPE expired this uh, this week on Tuesday. Um, why did they not just send it into a TPE somewhere? Like, Boston has one. Other teams have one as well. The reason why is... Why would a team like Boston take on that $8.2 million, pushing them closer and closer over or to the luxury tax, you know, depending on the team that you're looking at, um, whenever Jermichael Green will become available for free here in a couple of days, and you can try to get him to sign with you for less money than 8.2, and obviously the Golden State Warriors won whoever was trying to recruit Jermichael Green. Also, beyond just the whole salary purpose, the Thunder had no leverage, and, and once... Sam Presley said publicly that they're working with his agent to get you know a buyout done, get him out of here. That signals that there was just a zero trade interest in Jermichael Green. And I hope that Jermichael Green has a bounce back season in Golden State, but I want you to remember this context. Because, you know, it would not surprise you if a guy like Jermichael Green, who has this kind of uh, veteran leadership, who has been around the block in the NBA, who knows how to play NBA basketball if in a smaller reduced role with a, a good team in Golden State, they just want a title and a good roster in Golden State, if he can thrive in certain spurts with the Warriors. So if and when he has a massive run on Golden State and you, you know, and people are looking around wondering how in the world the Warriors got him for free, how are the Thunder who are at the bottom of the standings you know, didn't want him? Remember this context. Jermichael Green is 32 years old. He shot 26% last year, which is 10 percentage points worse than his career average. He averaged six points, four rebounds, and one assist per game last year for Denver, all of which were career lows, you know, below his career average, uh, besides assists, which they actually were the exact same. His career average of assist, 0.9. Last year, he averaged 0.9. Other than that, though, everything was worse than his career average last year. He did not have a good season. And he's 32 years old, and the Thunder have too many mouths to feed to hope that Jermichael Green can have a bounce-back year. And what if he does? What if he has a bounce-back year in Golden State and looks awesome? And what if we say he would have done that even on this on this uh, lackluster roster where you're not playing with you know a ton of Hall of Famers, you're not playing with a ton of superstars, you're not playing on a team that uh, is going to win the NBA title, right? If he, if he had a good season in OKC, what would be the net reward? The net reward of a good Jermichael Green season in OKC? A couple second-round picks. And so you need to ask yourself, what is more valuable? Buying out his roster spot for $8.2 million or, you know, giving that, that contract to someone else at the deadline for two second round picks. Because buying out that roster spot, you're now giving his slot to 
a young player to develop. Because if you kept him around and you kept on the roster come October, the only reason you do that is to play him and is to try to recoup value and is to try to see if you can trade him at the deadline. So instead of doing that for two second round picks, they went ahead and waived them now. And now they go into the season with an open spot to, you know, focus on development and to focus on the young players that they have. So that's the context of it. Cause I'm sure that he'll have a couple great games. Heck he might have a great opening night because the warriors of course are going to be in that prime time slot. They're going to be the second game of the night, uh, the, the second game of the season, right? Because you know, every NBA year starts on a Tuesday on that TNT double header. You got, you know, a East coast game at six and, the West Coast game at nine, and the Warriors have to play on it because they just won the title, so they're going to be at home. They're going to be getting their rings. People are going to be staying up and watching them. They'll probably play LeBron or somebody, you know, so somebody on the West Coast is going to draw a lot of ratings. And Jermichael Green might go off for, you know, 15 points on great efficiency, and people are saying, how did the Warriors do it again? How did the Warriors pull this off? I can't believe it. Because context matters, and that's why the Thunder decided to release Jermichael Green. So if and when he has that big game, just remember there is a method to the madness of OKC. Now, we also got some Mitchich news. He is officially returning to the Euro Leagues. Another summer of rumors has come and gone. He did not get moved. And let's please, just please, let's not do this again next year. I know that we will. I know that Thunder fans will. But next year, it'll be his third, fourth, fifth straight summer doing this. He'll be 29 years old. He's never played in the NBA at 29 years old. He's a EuroLeague superstar, so he'd have to give that up. And he come, and to come over, he wants to play for a contender, have starting level kind of minutes, and a nice NBA contract. Mitchich is not going to get traded. He's not going to come to the NBA. And even if he does, even if he does get traded eventually and does come to the NBA, the return, as I've said all offseason, is a second-round pick or two second-round picks at the most. I'd be happy with an unprotected second round pick. That net worth, which is not you know, guaranteed, because there's no guarantee he actually wants to leave his life in the Euroleagues, which is where he's one of the best players over there. I mean, he's winning MVP back-to-back years or whatever. I mean, he's, he's awesome. He's a great player. He doesn't want to leave that, right? He's, he's using it as a leverage boost. And so that's all there is to it. So if you ask the 50 million questions about this next offseason, I'll still answer them because I love answering your questions, but just know there's no point to do this again next year for a 29-year-old. There's just no point. If he ever got traded, if he ever came over, it'd only be second-round picks anyway, and you'd forget about them in a month. So that is a bow on the offseason to me because there's no room for anyone else to get signed OKC. We'll talk about maybe some trades that can happen, but really now the focus is on the 20 people on the roster and how to cut that 20 down to the to the nitty-gritty of 17 rostered players, two two ways in the 15 standard NBA deals. So we'll talk about that. Our first roster projection of the year coming up on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. But first, I want to say right now, but your friends over at Bet Online, folks. Bet Online is incredible. It's the fastest and best way to bet on all of your sport action from baseball to basketball. NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. Bet online is your continued source for all the top resources on sports wagering information, live betting, scores, and podcasts. They all have you covered. So head right now to Bet Online. Go there where the game starts. Check it out today. And folks, 
if you're like me and, you know, the only sport you think that you have a wealth of knowledge about to consider wagering real money on is the NBA, betting on the NBA is not over with. You can go bet on basketball right now, and they just today released new futures, and I want to tell you what they are because we talked about Coach of the Year. We talked about Rookie of the Year, which right now Paula Mancuro leads the way at plus 250, but Chet Holmgren is tied for second with Keegan Murray at plus 400 uh, for second place. They also just released, though, regular season win totals. And the Oklahoma City Thunder are on the list, and their over-under after winning 24 games last year is set at 26-and-a-half. It's even money on both sides, the over and the under, minus 115. So check it out if you feel very confident in that figure being right, either too low or too high, whatever it is. Check it out, bet online, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Folks, which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, the Locked On NFL Podcast is giving you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odd makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on the Locked NFL podcast, wherever you get podcasts from, and on the Locked NFL YouTube page. So check them out on YouTube. Check us out on YouTube. Locked On NFL podcast, Locked On Thunder as well. So check us out on YouTube or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We're here for you. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. Now, let's get into our roster projections. Now, look. Let's first just update you who's on the actual roster right now. I know it's been topsy-turvy. I know it's been kind of crazy. So, SGA, obvious. Lou Dort, Derek Favors, Chet Holmgren, Josh Giddy, Usman Jang, Jalen Williams, Darius Baisley, Ty Jerome, Pokashevsky, Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Kenrich Williams, Jalen Williams, Tail Maldon, Vit, uh, Vit Critchie, Mike Muscala, Aaron Wiggins, Eugene Amore's on a two-way deal, and Lindy Waters is on a two-way deal. So, as a reminder, I know we've gotten spoiled with content you know, recently because you had the Isaiah Roby wave, you had the Jermichael Green wave, and you're you're just itching for for more, itching for the next transaction, itching for the next you know p- puzzle piece to fall. They don't have to have this settled until October 17th, prior to the NBA deal, uh, prior to the NBA regular season. Regular season going to open up on the 18th. Thunder will play on the 19th. Uh, you know, in, in that order, you typically is how it goes down. Uh, so the 17th is whenever this has to get done. A reminder, the Thunder to get down to 17 roster spots whenever you include the two ways and 15 NBA contracts. So after uh, waiving Jermichael Green, the Thunder need to cut three more NBA players, three more entered NBA contracts, which again, is everyone I just listed besides Amore and Waters. So just think of every name I just listed except for those two. Um, and then the only option out there, I know that this was a popular thing a couple days ago, the whole cut and throw a guy in a two-way deal. With the CBA, I think that the only name that you can possibly do that with is Aaron Wiggins, and that's just not going to happen. I don't see Wiggins accepting that. I don't see 
um, that being a thing that Thunder do. And I also don't see him falling off of waivers whenever a team could just pick him up for $1.5 million. So I, I, I don't see that, that being, I don't see that being a thing at all that the Thunder would do. So that whole idea, I think, is out of the picture. So we'll see how they get down to this roster. Now, in my opinion, as I mentioned before, the October 17th date, I think that this is your roster heading into training camp uh, and that it will truly be a competition. I know that we've seen some things happen in these press conferences that didn't end up coming true. But one thing I, I feel very certain on from everything that I've heard and then, of course, them saying it out loud, they're excited about competition and about having a roster that they feel 1 through 20 will be able to compete with each other in late September, in early October, and in preseason. They want that. They want. They think that that can bring the best out of everyone on the roster, not just those on the roster bubble. They think that'll bring intensity. That'll get them prepared more for the NBA season. I think that this is your 20 people going into the NBA season, into the NBA training camp in late September. And then from there, they're battling it out. They're trying to, to prove themselves, prove their value, prove their worth, and get off that roster bubble in a positive way. So that's what I believe. I don't think that we're going to see another cut happen between now in late September, but maybe I'm wrong. That's just kind of how I see it going down. Now, who are the roster cut candidates? Of all those names I just listed, who could I feasibly see getting moved? To me, it's very simple, and the list is not very long. Uh, I think that the, the list is only six options long, and the four I think that you should focus in on is Ty Jerome, Vet Critchie, Derek Favors, and Taylor Malvon. Technically, you know, if they somehow waived Wiggins, I would not be happy. I think that that'd be a, a very bad move. But I would not just be floored. I, I wouldn't be floored and like just jaw just jaw dropping, right? As well as trading Basley. So let's talk about these options. Uh, we're going to get into Malvon, Favors, Critchie, and Jerome because I think that those are all four legitimately on the roster bubble. Uh, for Wiggins, I, I just love Aaron Wiggins. I think that he provides so much value, especially in his NBA, you know, especially on this contract that he's on right now. And just the role he plays in the modern NBA is very valuable for whenever you want to win. It's cheap, controllable talent that plays a position of need that does, that has skills that are required for winning basketball games. So this is a move that I think that you see them invest in Wiggins, you know, for the future and for whenever they actually want to win games. Uh, now the trading Baisley option. We've seen Sam Presti operate like this before, where you know. If we think that the extensions are done, which I do, if we think that the extensions are done and they're and they're done with Kenny Hustle, so no more extensions for the rest of this offseason. Whenever a guy heads into his last year on his contract and he's a restricted free agent, typically Sam Presti will move them. You know, that's just what typically happens. I will bring you back to Hamdou Diallo. Diallo, uh, on the last year of his deal, has a really great start to the season, has some fantastic games in New York. They trade him to Detroit for Sifu Mikhailuk. Uh so it would not just floor me to see them trade Darius Bates. Like if we get that Woj tweet in a couple of weeks or, you know, in October or whenever, if we see that tweet come out from Woj, I would not just be just stunned. I would not be speechless, but I still don't think it will happen. Same thing with Wiggins. I, I don't think, I don't think that I'll be just, um, you know, stunned and speechless, but I do think I, I, I would be surprised by the fact that I think he's just way more valuable than the other four. So, that's where I have these four coming in. Ty Jerome, Vid Critchie, Derek Favors, and Tim Aldon. I think that they're going to cut Derek Favors. Uh, and I think that this is a little bit more difficult than people want to lead on. Uh, and I think that I've even done it too, obviously. It's just, oh, cut Derek Favors. I think that he does like being in OKC. I think that he does like um, 
being in that mentor role, I think that he does bring value in that mentor role for OKC and their young players, and the Thunder do value that. Uh, but it's just so hard whenever you have Mike Muscala returning and you have now then Derek Favors. That's two roster spots where you're not really investing in your future and you have a lot of guys you want to invest in minutes-wise. So I could see them buying out his uh, $10.1 million uh, on his contract. That's also not an obscene number. Like You can waive that and not stretch it and just get it off the books this year, still opening up a roster spot. The exact same thing you just do with, with uh, Jermichael Green. Uh, and then my next cut is going to be Ty Jerome. $4.2 million. Now, look, I, I know that Ty Jerome has some fans out there, and for good reason, but he's a sharp shooter that's a very inconsistent shooter and has two very bad shooting years from three and one very good one. He can pass well in the half court. Uh, he's not just a dreadful defender, but he's also not a good defender, obviously. To me, he just doesn't move the needle, and it goes back to, again, the, the basic conversation. We're safe to free agent, no extension done. Don't really see a future for Mendo KC, so you move on from him for $4.2 million just after training camp's over. But he will have the training camp period to try to prove himself. Uh, and then the last spot to me comes down to, do you want to cut Vidkritchi, or do you want to cut Tim Allen? Tim Allen's making $1.9 million. That's not... Um, again, that's not a tough number to cut. It is fully guaranteed after this uh, past weekend, but that's not a that's not a uh, number that's just unbelievably hard to cut. And then Bid Critchie's making uh, part of $1.5 million if you decide to cut him. You know, that's non-guaranteed for the future. So you can cut either one of these guys with no real cap issues and, and of course, not at all for any of these guys eating into 2023 cap. So that's kind of where the roster stands right now. Let's get into that discussion. Should you cut Tail Malon or Vid Critchy coming up on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. So my roster cut projections, you need to cut three I've cut Derek Favors and Ty Jerome already. Now I'm down to Tail Maldon or Vit Critchy. Let's just start by saying I welcome your opinions. I welcome your comments on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles on the YouTube comment section down below. I welcome them all. But I beg you not to get overly just pitchforky about this conversation, no matter what side you fall on. If you fall on my side or the opposite side. Whenever you lay out the rotation, Tail Maldon and Vid Critchie do not fall into it. They fall into the breakfast club tier. If you watched the year last year and you followed along closely last year, you know that you know there's always a group of, of guys who don't play a lot, so they'll come in early before games are practiced and they'll scrimmage each other and they'll play each other to kind of stay ready. So like, and, they, and they branded themselves, it was Isaiah Roby, uh, it was Mike Muscala, other guys as well. They branded themselves the breakfast club. That's what you're looking at here. You're looking at two guys who are not going to be in the rotation. So... No matter which one you like more, Talmelon or Vidkrishi, they're not in the rotation whenever you lay it out. Me personally, I think that Vidkrishi has more upside. I think that the Thunder really, really like Vidkrishi as well. Like, really like him. 
uh, it's his first full off season. He looked improved defensively in summer league, uh, shot the ball you know, well in summer league uh, offensively. I, I liked what we saw from him in summer league, and I like what we saw from him last year as well. And now he's healthy and he looks better defensively. I think that he's a better scorer than Tail Maldon. Uh, Maldon had a bad game in the uh, FIBA session earlier this month, but then had a really good game, his second game uh, for Team France. So, uh, again, tough call, but I would waive Tail Maldon's $1.9 million this season. But I could see them keeping Tail, of course, because they drafted him in the second round and, and wanted to um, invest in him. But they also, of course, invested in Vidkrichi, which, remember, when we're talking about investments, with Vidkrichi, you drafted him high in the second round whenever nobody even had him on, a, on their board. You also took on Admiral Schofield in that trade and cut money, uh, dead money, to do so by, trading him, by, by drafting him in the 37th overall pick, one from Washington. So the Thunder, remember, took on Admiral Schofield, who the Washington Wizards wanted to release, but thought it was kind of, you know, too pretty of a penny to release into dead money. The Thunder did it no problem just for the right to have it. Critchie, who didn't even play, uh, and, and they knew he wasn't going to play. He was coming off an ACL tear just in August of that year. They knew he wasn't going to play, um, but they still did it to invest in him. So it's not as though Vic Critchie is just some guy that the Thunder got for free and just who cares, right? Like, it's not like he's, he's off the trash heap, like... The, if you're if you're bringing up the second round argument for Tail Maldon, it's the same argument for Vic Critchie. Plus, they you know had dead money to do it uh, in the process. Now, again, if you're a Tail Maldon guy and you want to keep Tail Maldon uh, and, and cut Vic Critchie, I don't blame you at all. That's just kind of where I fall. That's kind of where I'm at on this roster projection. So I cut my three: Derek Favors, Ty Jerome, Tail Maldon. Who would you release of this group? Uh, as we kind of look at the starting rotation, to me. It'll be SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, Chet Holmgren. My bench is Trey Mann, Jalen Williams of Santa Clara, Aaron Wiggins, Kenrich Williams, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And then my rotational pieces who will kind of fluctuate in minutes up and down, Muscala, Poku, Usman Jiang, and then Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. And then my breakfast club, who I just don't think will play uh, at all unless there's some kind of weird game, like you get beat by 80 points again against Memphis. Like, then you put them in. Uh, Vid Critchie, Lindy Waters, Eugene Amore are the three in the breakfast club. So where are you at on this roster? Where are you at on this rotation? I think that this will be a fascinating debate. I think that there's a few debates here. Uh, the first one, of course, is who are your three that you're going to cut? That's obvious. Leave those down below in the comment section on YouTube or on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. The second debate to me is who should start alongside Chet Holmgren between Darius Baisley and Jeremiah Robinson Earl? I think that, though, I think that that's a more than fair question to have. And, and this is a this is a conversation uh, that, that I just call a no-win conversation because if you are on Team Jeremiah Smarrell, I'm with you. I think that that's a great move. Uh, if you're on Team Darius Basley, I'm with you. I think that's a great move. So, like, to me, it's the hardest decision to make because oftentimes the easiest ones to make are like, oh, that's obvious. You should just go with whoever, right? Go with starting SGA. It's obvious. Like, that's an easy decision. This is a very tough decision because I can see either side of it. I can argue either side. And so you're never going to know what side's right until you have the ability to do revisionist history. So I'm with Baisley to start the season. I think that by, you know, the trade deadline, for example, I think that we're more comfortable running more minutes with Jeremiah Armstrong and Chet Holmgren, uh, that you'll see that cream rise to the top, so to say, of by the time we get to the trade deadline, you might see the minute lineup kind of uh, break down and the most played lineup will be Chet and JRE together in my opinion, by the time we get this trade deadline. But for the first game of the year, I think that they'll start Darius Baisley and have him have the whole shebang on the on the uh, P3 
PA announcing stuff and have all that fun celebration as a starter, right? So that's where I'm at right now, and we'll see what happens from there. Who's in your breakfast club? Who's on your bench? Who's in your rotation? And of course, as we mentioned before, who is starting for you? But that's where I'm at. The Thunder project to have a very fun team this year. They'll be focused a lot on development. They have a top 10 in the league cap space in the offseason to improve this young roster, and hopefully pretty soon they'll get back to their winning ways in OKC. So how do you feel about Jermichael Green getting traded? How do you feel about, I mean, not traded, waived. How do you feel about Vit, uh, about Vit Critchie and Taylor Maldon's debate and the Jerry Darius Baisley debate? Plus, are we finally putting the Mitchich discussion to bed? Let me know all that on Twitter and the comment section below. Thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Thunder. For your second listen, check out the Lockdown NBA podcast, folks. He gets you up to date on all the latest rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes or less on the Lockdown NBA podcast. Your teams every day, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Locked on NBA, locked on NBA, and we're here, locked on Thunder. Subscribe for free and also drop questions down below for our mailbag as well. If you have any random in an NBA or life or music or food questions, let me know. And so, with that being said, we'll see you next episode. Until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.